There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Murder. A family's fight for answers can sometimes be the difference between an unsolved case and a solved one. On November 5th, 1963, a young woman was born who would later turn up as a Jane Doe in Louisiana. A girl whose family fought to find her for decades and thankfully used social media to do it. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On January 28, 1981, the body of a young female was found hidden amongst the trees in Bellevue, Bossier Parish, Louisiana. Wearing jeans, a white long sleeve shirt with pink, yellow, and blue stripes, and a beige sweater, she had on a pair of shoes with the names Michael Briscoe, David, Risha, and D. Davies written on them, and a belt buckle that read Buffalo Nickel. While none of these unique clothing pieces amounted to any meaningful leads, the girl, determined to be between the ages of 15 and 21, was nicknamed Bozier Doe or Bozier's Doe, and for the next three decades, local authorities did what they could to try and solve not just her identity, but her murder as well. You see, found in the soil near her remains was a knife that, with nine stab wounds littering her body, police believe was likely their murder weapon. Believing she was white with possible Native American ancestry, though far too decomposed for any real identification, the girl appeared to have orthodontics at one time and had either removed the brackets herself or someone else did it for her, possibly even her killer. Like most murders that took place during this time frame, Henry Lee Lucas confessed to the crime, and, like most of his claims, it was later written off after it was determined that he was in Florida at the girl's likely time of death. With nothing else to really go off of, facial reconstructions of Jane Doe were done, and once possible, DNA was extracted from her teeth in hopes that they could use it, one day, to compare against a missing person. Unfortunately, most of their other evidence recovered from the scene was destroyed in a 2005 fire at the facility where it was being stored. While the Louisiana police were trying their best to identify Jane Doe, a woman named Jeannie Phelps was filing a missing persons report for her sister, Carol Cole. Unable to locate her, Jeannie worried that something horrible had happened and entered her report into the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System while she and one of Carol's childhood friends took to Facebook and Craigslist to try and spread information about the disappearance. Carol Ann Cole, born November 5, 1963, spent most of her early years, along with Jeannie, under the care of her grandmother in Kalamazoo, Michigan. But when she was just 15 years old, she announced that she was going to move to San Antonio, Texas with her mother. And though they stayed in touch, she left behind her grandmother and sister. Things seemed to be going okay at first, but as time passed, Carol found herself tangled with the juvenile system, and by 1980, all calls to her sister and grandmother came to a sudden end. The last call she ever made to them came in December of 1980 and was traced to a home in Shreveport, Louisiana. Her grandmother, who made calls to try and track down her last movements, said that Carol had attended a party and never returned. A missing persons report was allegedly filed in both San Antonio and in Shreveport shortly thereafter, 
but nothing came of either, even after Jane Doe showed up in Bossier. In fact, Carol Cole was excluded as a possible match to the Jane Doe because her mother sent the wrong dental records and they did not match the body. Though her grandmother had since passed away, Jeannie Phelps had taken up the mantle and was determined to find out what happened to her sister. While doing so, on February 6, 2015, the local sheriff's department in Bossier Parish started their own Facebook page for their Jane Doe, and within days of its creation, over 500 people friended the page. By the end of the week, that number had reached over 1,000. One of those individuals was a 911 operator named Linda Erickson, who called the detectives and told them about a Craigslist ad that she had happened across with a photo of Carol Ann Cole. Written by that childhood friend, Patty Thornton, by February 13th, she received an email regarding the Bossier Doe case and a possible connection with her missing friend. DNA tests were run, and when complete, Bossier Doe was officially identified as 17-year-old Carol Ann Cole. After the announcement was officially made, a GoFundMe account was created to help fund her new burial and headstone. She was later buried with her name in Comstock Township, Michigan, on June 18, 2015, after a funeral service. Though one part of her mystery was finally solved, who exactly killed her and why remains unknown. Francis Alcoyne, whose father John Chesson discovered Carol's remains, told officers that she suspects he is actually the one responsible for her death, and though police confirmed that he is a person of interest, especially since he was convicted for murdering his estranged wife's mother, he has yet to be named a prime suspect. Frances says she believes her father decided to go hunting with his children for the first time in order to happen upon the body and try and establish his innocence. She said he was abusive and that she believes the young woman he brought to their home, a hitchhiker, might have actually been Carol Cole. Her brother, who was with his father when the body was found, took his own life in 2008, and John remains behind bars for that 1997 murder conviction. Another possible suspect is Mac Ford, founder of the New Bethany Home for Girls in Louisiana, where, allegedly, both sexual and physical abuse take place often. An old photo from the home shows a girl who looked a lot like Carol, but no one was able to confirm or deny if she spent time inside of the facility. Mac Ford passed away from a heart attack in 2015. Carol's case, as of now, remains unsolved. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on November 6th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.